0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services.
1: Welcome to the CEO Roundtable. I'm Ari Kaplan, I'm an analyst that covers legal. My objective is really to capture some good thoughts, get people thinking about what lessons they've learned, where we're headed, I'm
2: uh, Laura Leppard, and I'm the CEO of Leppard Solutions. We are a legal intelligence platform giving intelligence about attorneys and
3: law firms. Gary Buckland, I'm CEO of Lexitas. We are a court reporting, medical records retrieval, legal staffing, process serving, and registered agent business.
4: I'm Sang Lee. I'm the CEO, co-founder of Vine. We're a data-driven recruitment Solution that deploys assessments that are informed by industry-specific algorithms.
5: My name is Gary Sanga. I'm a serial legal tech entrepreneur. My first startup, Intelligize, was acquired by Lexis. My second startup is called LexCheck. We've developed AI technology that can automatically review and mark up incoming contracts the way a person could. I'm James, CEO
6: and founder of Legal Nation. We leverage AI to do litigation work. If you drag and drop a lawsuit, we're able to answer it and then generate outgoing discovery in two minutes.
7: My name is Nick Sluru. I'm the CEO and founder of Calexus. We've been around for about 10 years. We are in LSP. We do managed legal services. So basically, we provide teams of lawyers and paralegals. For contract management, legal entity management on a short-term or long-term basis, and we are active in the United States and in Europe, mostly with some offshore capabilities. I'm Rakesh
8: Malo. I'm the uh, CEO and founder of NextPoint, a cloud-based software provider and services provider for law firms to help them manage e-law and e-discovery and trial prep. I'm Joey Sieber, CEO of Level Legal, based in
0: Texas, managed service provider, providing teams and tech. And e discovery, compliance, litigation, privacy.
9: Candace Corby, I'm the CEO of Cobra Legal Solutions. Cobra is a tech enabled legal services company headquartered in Austin, but have a global footprint.
10: So I'm Ram Vasudevan, founder and CEO of Quizlix. We're an alternate legal services provider. We reduce risk and cost for our clients in litigations, corporate, MA, and compliance. We work mostly with Fortune 500 and Fortune Thousand companies and several of the large global law firms as well.
1: Where have you discovered an opportunity for your business in 2021?
5: The whole stereotype and cliche, the legal, is very later doctors to tech, later doctors on the technology S curve, etc. And generally it's proven to be true, right? Legal and healthcare have been laggards. I do think that's changing now. I've been pleasantly surprised at people's willingness to be early adopters, to try out new tech. The venture landscape obviously bears this out. In general, the attitude towards being early adopters to legal innovation has really changed for the better.
3: We have over a thousand employees and we were a 100% in-facility based organization that we had to pivot. But not only for our employees, for our customers, too, because attorneys were concerned about, and rightfully so, if somebody's sitting in the corner coaching the witness during a deposition, you know, we can't see it. It's remote. The best thing that came out of 20, late 20, and certainly 2021 for us was the adoption of remote depositions using technology. You would never do a document review project remotely. Now, all of a sudden, that's also acceptable. So I think, you know, educating the client base on all the great Technology is out there, not only helped them be more efficient, but has helped us be a much more efficiently run company.
2: Everything's moving much more quickly. Decisions are being made more quickly. Technology is being adapted more quickly because it was forced upon them. A lot of these companies would not have made some of the decisions that they did if it wasn't for COVID. It took a lot of the stodginess and reluctance out of some of the decisions to move forward in a new way and really pushed the timeline up probably by a decade.
6: I think these are all great insights. My view on this is that COVID brings challenges. Trying to find new clients in conferences and and travels is very difficult. But what we found is the clients that we already have, they're tremendous land and expand opportunities. The idea of working hand in hand with your current clients to land and expand is, is a big opportunity for us. But I think for 2022, I do think that trying to find the right companies at the right time is it's a timing issue, as I'm, I'm sure you guys all know. The evolution of a corporation and their stage is really interesting to see because when we go to similarly situated opportunities, they're very different in their stage. And for us, the adoption period for technology is it's actually very high. It's long for software, as you guys might know, particularly for us, because we target the insurance industry primarily and the sales cycle there could be as long as two years. But the benefit there is that because the sales cycle is so long, there's a competitive moat that we have as we're talking to clients, letting them try our product, tinkering with our product,
7: customizing our product for the particular needs even though the direct impact of COVID in terms of technology has been perhaps limited to people using teams and, you know, working remotely. Technology has been here for 20 years. I mean, it it works. But it went beyond this in the sense that it showed people that you can do things differently. They started doing and they opened their minds to doing things differently beyond what was required specifically by COVID. And it is something that we see in our avenue. So where we see that We have a feeling at least that ALSPs and managed legal services are increasingly acceptable and actually sought for by big corporates because they just want to see what's out there and they want to understand what is available and they want to see if that's for them. Recently, we've had a couple of big projects. Clearly, would have gone to law firms only two years ago. They would not even have considered going through an ALSP. We have actually increased productivity
9: We've increased outreach. We are embracing technology. We're embracing a different way of outreach.
10: You still need to make the sale. You still need to convince the client. They still need to see the benefits. But I think there's more flexibility in seeing that. There's more openness than perhaps there wasn't before. Because previously, I think one of the biggest issues that at least we used to have, because my company is predominantly offshore in execution, is that there used to be a perhaps an unnecessary uh, correlation or uh, conflation, if you can call it that, between talent and capability. Meaning if you have work in a certain city, you need a talent to be right there. That's never been the case. But I think now people have suddenly become open to the fact that as long as you're able to execute it flawlessly using technology, process, and knowledge, it doesn't matter as long as done securely, obviously, where you are, meaning whether you're in in a remote location or an international location. So I think that acceptance and the use of technology in achieving that has done a tremendous amount. I think the pandemic certainly triggered that. Once you start seeing that, the acceptance leads to more acceptance. And I think all of us have adapted because if you haven't adapted, frankly, it would be out of business by now.
1: Are there specific skills that you are looking for now that are different?
5: Empathy really matters because if you're in person, sales is just so much easier. Everyone's in the room. You can kind of get a sense. Empathy via Zoom is hard. Getting everyone in the room is getting buy-in is really challenging. If you're just in a room with everybody, it's so much more straightforward.
4: Right now, I was just thinking about the opportunity exists to really think about technology, not as something that will make things more efficient for purposes of saving time, saving money, but really making things more efficient to create possibility for human connection on the team side, because people who work in these organizations are really suffering. And the great resignation has been a profound gut punch for all of these employers. And so they're trying to figure out how do we use technology so that we can make the lives of the people who work for us better? Not how do we use technology so that we can be richer and do things faster. And that's been a real pivot for people who are trying to think about technology as a universalizer. I think on the skill side, management skills, empathy skills, anything that helps employers appear, if not actually be, but appear more humanity oriented. That's something that I'm seeing and looking at technology as a way of advancing humanity as a critical 2022 goal.
8: We all now just sort of equate the term technology with cloud. It's a much more human centered approach around workflows and user experience than it is technology stack questions. And a big one there is going to be cybersecurity. Security, compliance, and increasing regulatory environment have all moved to top-tier issues. SOC 2 and GDPR and the impending California changes to their data protection policies. Those are all going to be table stakes now. They're going to be the the first things that people are talking about.
0: With the advancements that we're all talking about in technology that have made us more efficient, made us be able to serve our clients and our customers better, just as you're saying it, you compound the remote nature of our work with that, we become detached. And so the value of the human is increased even more. People are interested in not just how we work, but who we are as humans and who we are as humans that work in the law and what are the things that we do that are interesting and how we relate to our world in this different world. What we have found the biggest impact of COVID for us is internally the ability to Find talent that we would have been geographically unable to do before. So we can go out and find the very best of whatever we need now, and they can work from wherever they want to work. But those human characteristics are even more important as we begin to interact in a remote way.
2: I think. COVID made me a much better boss than I was before. I think it's actually increased my empathy level in very simple ways. We were a remote company for many years. Everybody worked all over the country, had people working all over the world. While we used Zoom and technology like it, we never turned our cameras off. Now, every meeting that we have, I want everybody's camera on because I want to see their face. You see a different side of your team than you were able to see before. And it really enriched the whole experience to me. I feel like I know everyone so much better. It is possible to really create a human connection in this way.
3: I've developed my soft skills better than I've ever been over the last couple yeah. of years because of the empathy and realizing that the people are out of their comfort zone working remotely and you got to still show them you care.
1: What challenges do you still see in 2022 and how do you think organizations can overcome them?
6: there's so many challenges <laughs> for all of us, I'm sure. One is talent. You can't ignore people are leaving. It's a very mobile workforce. For us, we're trying to find where, where can we source good talent? We've been going to this sort of h one b market. I stumbled upon this really because when we put in ads at Indeed, I was just shocked at the number of foreign-born candidates and um, interviewing them and they're, they're fantastic. I'm actually quite shocked that more companies don't rely on this sort of talent pool. I, I think you have to be somewhat flexible in the type of candidate you want. A lot of what we do is a lot of experimentation in in the innovation side. And I don't know if you can just do that in your room with teams scattered around the country. I think there's a lot of value when you can brainstorm in a conference room or a a war room with a whiteboard and really sort of try out permutations of options which could lead to sort of these discoveries. I think that's been somewhat stunted in terms of the sort of on the innovation side. Another big challenge for us is trying to determine who has the climbing boots on the organization that you need to sort of uh, ally with who are the blockers? I think trying to figure out that the Game of Thrones aspect of every organization that you face is really important. At the end of the day, 2022 is still going to be very challenging for all of us. It's a matter of balance.
7: We can do a lot remotely, but I think for some things, uh, we still do need to meet people in person with junior people, the younger people. Often they don't have the right circumstances at home to, to work in a, in a good environment. They need to meet people. You know, That's where you make friends. That's where you start your career. And we have a lot of those people. And so we make sure that they, they come to the office. And then in terms of the sales, usually the most Important tidbit of information you get it at the end of the meeting when -hmm. the person walks you back to the elevator, and then ah, that's the real driver that's what they're looking for. And with Zoom meetings, that didn't work. So, once the relationship is established, I think it works. But to really get the relationship going or to to get it past the finish line, I think you need to meet people in person.
0: The overarching theme of the challenge of 2020 is continued uncertainty, we don't know what's going to happen. Everybody really wants to get back, but are we really going to be able to? And so it's flexibility.
8: We want to be in person, but perhaps we can't. How do you adjust? There does seem to be an impending crisis that is going to, I think, come to the forefront. I'm very concerned about the professional development, particularly of our more junior members. You know, the people earlier in their careers are missing missing out on now what's going on years of those opportunities.
1: How are you all navigating client expectations in this environment?
0: Clients expect that much, if not all, of the work is going to be done remotely through distributed teams. And so we've jumped over that hurdle at the time that we saw it and everybody kind of had to do it together. But in terms of, of expectations going forward, I think there's good news coming out of this is that everybody has learned to be more understanding and flexible. And so how do you meet client expectations, flexibility, and recognizing that those may change too, and you just have to keep all of your options open.
9: One of the things that we're doing right now is we're hiring a lot of project managers, both on the tech side and on the managed review side. And some of our larger clients actually want to meet the candidates, whether it's virtual or in person. So that didn't used to be the case. We pandemic, we assigned somebody to the project, and now some of my clients actually want to meet the talent. It's being more open and transparent with our clients, more so than I think we ever have been before.
7: I don't really see that the, the whole COVID situation being really an obstacle or, or difficulty in any way in the delivery in the delivery of services. because everyone's got used to it really.
1: What about travel? Do you expect to travel more next year, expect to travel less? Right
2: now, yeah, we've signed up for numerous conferences, but we don't know, you know, until the time gets here, if they're really going to be in person or not, because there were lots of cancellations
4: and switches last year. I really, really hope that I'm on the road more. And every time I've been on the road for the last Six months—it's been extraordinary. I mean, people
1: are so happy to see. We brainstorm with our clients. And so- are people tentative about
10: new initiatives for next year? We've all adapted quite a bit, and we'll continue to. So, the there's stuff that needs to get done, you'll get it done. It doesn't matter whether it's a lockdown or not a lockdown. I mean, you're still going to do things both business and personal. That we have already seen. So I do have to say, and I think several people brought up this theme, that the difference is, look, we have a lot of money in the bank. I don't mean money literally, but experience in terms of what you've done. It's easy to draw down on that. But for someone in the first five or 10 years of uh, their career, they don't have that money in the bank, both literally and in terms of experiences. And if you can do these things entirely remotely, I think that's great. But The danger is that do it for several years, you end up being a gig worker. And I think that's good for the short term, but not good for the long term. So if you want to develop the career, if you want to develop the relationship, if you want to develop the softer skills without that experience that you and I have benefited of interacting with people in person, I do think it's important to interact with person. And that's the biggest challenge that the pandemic has given us. And it's going to continue into 2022. Because irrespective of what the seriousness of the variant or variants are going to be, I think we have become more fearful, rightfully so, and perhaps more cautious. And I worry about particularly the younger generations who they're exposed to this for four or five years of continuously wearing a mask or being reluctant to shake hands or to hug someone. Now, it may be entirely justified. I'm not sure what long-term consequence of the society we are unleashing irrespective of the business. I do think that someone with under five or 10 years, five years experience for sure, benefits a tremendous amount by being in the office by informally being uh, you know meeting with their peers meeting with senior people meeting with other juniors because you build so much of moral character by doing that that is difficult to do entirely online right i mean moral character not just for work because a lot of times people confide in you ask you those things that they may be reluctant to send an email about i think those things are important so i think that's going to be the biggest challenge going into 2022 particularly given the variant and to see how to navigate in all of our companies as we hire people, particularly junior folks, how are we gonna manage that? Thank you all so much.
1: It's a privilege for me to moderate these discussions. I'm grateful for your time. I always say I get to do lucky work. This is an excellent example. I hope that you and your families all have a wonderful holiday and a great new year.
8: Thank you. Best, best, wishes. Thank you. best wishes. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thank
0: Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or rekaplanadvisors.com to learn more.